0: He's taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard. And he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game to prove it i'm ready to do it i can't be afraid now put me on the stage now i'm ready to rage now i feel like an animal stuck in a cage and i'm ready to break out
1: my time my time
0: none of you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race i ready to do this show you what the truth is i step on the field it's time to get real i'm feeling so ruthless. welcome to your weekly pro wrestling truth Welcome to Brad Shepard Unleashed. Each and every Thursday, I bring the hot takes and important debates. But most importantly, I tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear. But if you do like what you hear, you can hear more of it at patreon.com forward slash Brad Shepard unleashed for just $4 per month. All right, I've got a fun show for you this week. So without further ado, it's time to take the gloves off. Let's start off as we typically do with the fake news wrestling media. Sean Sapp had uh, quite the week this week. And he kicked things off after Duke Bennett from the highly regarded Duke Loves Wrestling podcast mentioned Fightful. Duke noted Fightful was one of the least visited wrestling sites you could name off the top of your head. But they're making at least 50000 per month on Patreon. It was a fascinating point, and he's right. Websites like Wrestling Inc. and Ringside News blow Fightful out of the water in terms of traffic. Now, Sean wasn't tagged in the tweet, but he saw it and didn't appreciate it. Instead, focusing on the number of visits and saying Duke didn't know what he was talking about. Even Jimmy Van crawled out of his hole to defend Fightful's traffic, which Duke never said was bad. He just simply said of the wrestling websites, you can name off the top of your head, they're way behind in web traffic and That is an absolutely accurate statement. He also said they make big money, and they do. Nobody cares about Fightful or MMA or boxing content or their copy and pasted show results. They care about the backstage scoops from Sean behind their paywall. That is the value of their website. And if that ever ceases to exist, they're in trouble. Now, sap simps were attacking me as well. Kate, a.k.a. Miss Kate Fabe in particular, one of his good friends who works for Fightful. Well, she attacked me unprompted over my looks. Now, Kate's an interesting conundrum because she looks like she'd have to dust off her snatch before a very obviously drunk guy makes entry. But she also looks like a trailer park trash that's been ridden hard and put away wet. That's quite the interesting combination. But even more interesting is that her face may actually be the cure for priapism. If you pop a Viagra and you're experiencing an erection for more than four hours, there's no need to see a doctor. Just look at a picture of Kate. I'm not interested in Kate, so please stop harassing me. You're making me very uncomfortable. Now, the week got worse for Sap when he targeted the mental health of AEW's Malachi Black. Sap reported Black was granted his conditional release from AEW. Black posted a video debunking that claim, saying he was simply taking time off from AEW for his mental health. Instead of correcting the record or apologizing, Sap went on the attack essentially calling Black a liar and even threatening to release messages where Black allegedly told someone in WWE he wishes he could go back. Once his vindictive and unhinged behavior was called out, Sapp remarked that he cared about Black's mental health and he would never report anything to make it worse. Then he went on to portray himself as the victim for sympathy, as he always does. Talking about a sad situation with a family member and how it's fucked him up all week. Sean may have actually set a record low for how he conducted himself this week. I fully believe if he doesn't correct course, his unstable behavior will eventually result in him being admitted into a mental health facility, arrested, or involved in a violent incident. And nobody wants that. But his out-of-control behavior continues to spiral. His behavior makes Dave Meltzer look mildly normal. And that is saying something. All right, let's talk about the NFL, the week in the NFL that was week three. And, of course, coming up this week, week four. It was another wild week in the NFL with unpredictable results. A pattern we have already seen early in the NFL season. Let's kick things off with the Browns and Steelers. Browns 29, Steelers 17. The old Mitch Trubisky is back. And the Browns are looking okay, even without Deshaun Watson. Saints 14, Panthers 22. Baker Mayfield, not a great game, but he did just enough with a Saints offense that looked completely anemic. Jameis Winston, he's playing injured, my understanding. He's playing with some fractured vertebrae in his back. He looked like a disaster. The Saints have a very good defense. They have some very good weapons like Alvin Kamara on offense, but until they can get the Jameis Winston quarterback situation resolved, They're going to struggle. Texans 20, Bears 23. The Bears continue to be a somewhat okay team. The Texans continue to be a dumpster fire. Chiefs 17, Colts 20. Perhaps the upset of the week. Patrick Mahomes looked very, very normal. He looked very average. Maybe even below average. I was not impressed. The Chiefs looked awful. This is a game they should have won in a blowout. Matt Ryan and the Colts pick up a big win. Bills 19, Dolphins 21. This may have been the matchup of the week. An exciting one. You felt like the Bills are the favorites in the AFC to get to the Super Bowl, but you also feel like the Dolphins, an absolute contender, going to make the playoffs at, at a wild card at a minimum. And this was a very interesting game. Of course, clock management became an issue The Bills should have won this on a field goal. They botched the clock management. Their uh, offensive coordinator went into a complete meltdown, which was was really fun to watch. This is a game they should have won, but nonetheless, kudos to the Dolphins, who are really looking like a threat, a, a team that could beat anybody on any given day in the league. Lions 24, Vikings 28. It was a heartbreaking loss for the Lions. Uh, but uh, Kirk Cousins came through. He's garbage on Monday nights. He's not great on Sundays either. But certainly uh, the the Lions, they have their moments. They're just not there yet. And so uh, I did call that one as well. Ravens 37, Patriots 26. Yeah, this was a disaster for New England. They had some good moments, but a disaster because Mac Jones is now out indefinitely uh, working through an injury he suffered in this game. It's not a good situation with the Patriots, frankly. Uh, Brian Hoyer jumping in at quarterback as the backup. I'm not a big fan of Hoyer, especially at this stage of his career. They're going to str- struggle in a major way. Uh, Ravens and Lamar Jackson continue to look good in that final contract year. Bengals 27, Jets 12. Finally, the Jets after a big win. They come back down to reality. They prove they're the same Jets they've always been. And Joe Burrow gets to show a little magic. The Cincinnati receivers showed a little magic. They finally felt like, for the first time, a little bit of the Bengals of last season. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to build on that. But this game was uh, certainly not close. Raiders twenty-two, Titans twenty-four. The Raiders tried; they they almost, almost came back. They almost came back and uh, tied the game. They weren't able to get it done. It was too little, too late. Derrick Henry finally had a great game. Thank you, fantasy football gods. Uh, But the Titans starting to look like a little bit of the team of old. We'll see what happens. Eagles twenty-four, Commanders eight. The Eagles with the. Most powerful offense in the league at this point. They are looking very, very tough to stop on offense. Uh, And they held the commanders to eight points as well. And say what you want, but uh, you know, the commanders have been uh, pretty decent with Carson Wentz on offense. They couldn't get anything done here. Jaguars 38, Chargers 10. Another major upset. The Jaguars. 38 points in the Chargers, holding the Chargers to 10. Uh, This was uh, just an awful game for the Chargers, who certainly are the better team, but were asleep at the wheel. Rams 20, Cardinals 12. I'm starting to lose faith in Kyler Murray. This is another example of why. Rams are no doubt a great team. I knew they'd be back, I knew they'll have a good season. Uh, They're they're adapting, but uh, the Cardinals, oof. The expectations were maybe a little too high going into this season. Falcons 27, Seahawks 23. The Falcons with the big win. Look, the Seahawks are done. The Seahawks of the Russell, Russell Wilson era, they're over. Forget about them. It's not the same team. The Falcons aren't great, but I knew they'd pick up the win here, and they did. Packers 14, Buccaneers 12. This was a brutal game to watch. The Buccaneers defense is very good. Uh, The Packers are overall a good team. Just too many injuries on offense for the Buccaneers to get the job done. Brady drove them down at the end of the game, scored the touchdown, and they couldn't convert on the two-point conversion. He needs his weapons back, and almost all of them are injured. 49ers 10, Broncos 11. This is a game the the 49ers should have won. I mean, last week you had Jimmy G provided a little boost after Trey Lance got injured. This week we remember why Jimmy G got benched. Brutal, brutal offensive performance by Jimmy G. The Broncos weren't much better. It was a bad game, (laughs) sloppy game, but a close one. Cowboys 23, Giants 16. Just when you think the Giants are building on something great, come back down to earth. You're reminded of exactly who they are and who they have at quarterback, Daniel Jones, and he is awful. Cowboys win a big one. And now they're undefeated, right? Undefeated without Dak Prescott and with Cooper Rush at quarterback. And so now the narrative is building. With the Cowboys, they're playing well. They're winning without Dak Prescott. He's getting paid a lot of money. And Cooper Rush is getting the job done. Will Cooper Rush take over the starting job from Dak Prescott when he's healthy? All right, this week's picks. Give me the Dolphins over the Bengals. I like the Vikings over the Saints. The Browns over the Falcons. The Bills over the Ravens. The Cowboys over the Commanders. The Lions over the Seahawks. The Chargers over the Texans. The Titans over the Colts. The Giants over the Bears. The Eagles over the Jaguars. The Steelers over the Jets. The Cardinals over the Panthers. The Packers over the Patriots. The Broncos over the Raiders. The Chiefs over the Buccaneers. And the Rams over the 49ers. All right, let's talk about my top five takeaways from WWE Raw SmackDown. The things I think you need to know that have to be talked about because they're problematic. In some cases, they're not problematic. In some cases, they're really good. Let's take, for example, the bloodline. Roman Reigns tells Sami Zayn to remove his shirt. He's got on the bloodline shirt. Jey Uso yells at Sami Zayn, take off the shirt. Zayn was upset and didn't budge until Jey Uso rips the shirt off of him. Reigns said he would never wear that shirt again because he got him a new one. Reigns tossed him a shirt that read SZ honorary Uso. He's pumped. He's excited. The crowd goes crazy. He celebrates with the bloodline and hugs Roman, minus Jey Uso, who they get a close-up of. And boy, is he not impressed. The stuff they're doing here is really good. It's really fun. It's the best character work of Sami Zayn's career. and uh, And this is long-term storytelling. It's the best thing in WWE right now. Liv Morgan beat Lacey Evans clean in eight minutes. This is just baffling. I mean, you have Lacey Evans return. She's this Marine badass, you're told. She's overcome all of these life obstacles. I can't figure out what to do with her. But here she ends up awful, awful, awful losing to Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. That's right. She's overcoming the odds. Uh, She's she's now beaten Lacey Evans, kind of buried her push, which... Really didn't start that long ago. She beat Ronda Rousey twice. She beat Shayna Baszler. Again, Lacey Evans. She just got the push. Ronda Rousey was the biggest women's star they had. Liv Morgan is beating them all. She's vanilla ice cream. She's bland. She's boring. And she's not a good pro wrestler. And they continue, in spite of all of that, in spite of the fans not even really buying into it, to push her at 100 miles an hour. And all they're doing is killing the women's division. The maximum male models lost in two and a half minutes. And they continued the tease of Max Dupree splitting from the group. This one is one that I personally hate to see. I've put over the Maximum Male Models. I thought they were some of the best parts of either show on WWE TV for weeks. It was entertaining, compelling TV character work. It was different. I liked it. And what happened? Well... Nose Man Paul ruined it. That's what happened. Apparently, they were too sports entertaining, and he didn't like that. That's right. Can't have that around here. Uh, we just need a bunch of, of bland wrestlers in tights having long fake matches. So this is clearly being buried. Uh, they've They've really lost any momentum they had. It's really such a shame because this was a good idea. Damage control they're awful over pushed and by the way they're not over yeah so this is another one of noseman paul's obsessions and look bailey perfectly fine she's near the top of the women's division i get that but uh, kai and sky who they're awful they belong in developmental This act is really, really bad, in particular for how much they're on TV, for how far they're pushed from a creative perspective. It just doesn't add up. They're clearly a favorite of the Nose Man, but the act is not working. Nobody cares. It is not working, and it's time to move on. How about the forced push of little Johnny Gargano? It continues. They're building shows around him on social media. They're promoting him nonstop. Johnny Gargano is back. Johnny Gargano's first match. He's on Raw. He's wrestling in a fake match. You can't wait to watch this. And it's not working. And I said it wouldn't work. And I talked about how Monday Night Football was on. And you're going to have the option to watch a lot of things on TV, including Monday Night Football. Or... Little Johnny Gargano having his first fake match on Raw since returning. It's a no-brainer. There's nothing exciting about Johnny Gargano. Uh, I, I just don't understand. This is another Nose Man Paul obsession. He's obsessed with Johnny Gargano. And so is his his little buddy in NXT, the cross-eyed fake Christian, Michael Hickenbottom. They love little Johnny. They're little texting buddies. Come on. This is killing RAW. This failed NXT agenda being implemented on the main roster—it is not working. The viewership is declining. It's time to change course. It's time to put Little Johnny back into developmental where he belongs, or, that frankly, release him. All right, I want to talk about some life lessons that I would like to provide to john alba now my pal john alba john let's talk about your tweet here because john sent out a tweet on september 25th to provide an update on his life he says news over the next few months i'm going to become an unrestricted free agent I'll still work with ad-free shows and the Matt Hardy pod, but I'm looking for full and part-time opportunities across sports, lifestyle, news, wrestling, and anything in between. Well, John, I've got your back. Here's my top five tips on how to build a fan base That will stick with you for once. I know you've had a lot of change. In your career. And and I'm here to help. Tip number five. Don't be a fucking weirdo. You know what I mean, John. Tip number four. Don't complain about women who don't want to date you. After getting to know, well, the real you. Tip number three. Stop thinking these morons and the fake news media are your friends. They are not. In fact, they hate you, John. Do you know why? Because you have legitimate media experience. They're threatened by you. And therefore, they've been fucking you over the entire time. How else do you explain someone educated and experienced, like you, still looking for work while these losers are living it up in neckbeard heaven? Tip number two. Stop telling people you left legitimate media because you wanted to work in wrestling media full time. Nobody is impressed by it. And frankly, it's just not true and that kills your authenticity. And finally, because I care, tip number 1 take your antipsychotics. You're giving off too much of a Joe Goldberg and you on Netflix vibe when you don't. It's creepy and frankly people will go out of their way to avoid you. All right, let's talk about People using Hurricane Ian to beg simps for money. First, I just want to say, sincerely, my thoughts are with everyone being affected by Hurricane Ian. By all accounts, it's a powerful one. It began hitting Florida on Wednesday as a Category 5 hurricane with 150 mile-an-hour winds. So much mass destruction with a storm that strong. I have friends and family there right now. Did you see what it did to Cuba? During natural disasters, people give what they can in order to help those that are the most affected. It's one of the great things about humanity, especially in the United States of America. We come together through tragedy. When Mother Nature gets angry and kicks our ass, we do what we can to rally around one another in order to save as many lives as we can. Now, Lord knows I've been there time and time again. I've been deployed to assist with natural disasters. It's exhausting and emotional work trying to save lives, and it's a race against the clock while doing so. Food, shelter, clean water, etc. They're all needed at times like these. As proud as I am of everyone that bands together to do what they can to help, I'm also absolutely fucking disgusted by the low-life scumbags that try to take advantage of people in times like these. And I'm going to read you something from one of those low lives I'm referencing, and you tell me if I'm being too harsh here. A low life and professional victim who refuses to get a damn job. Who's failed as a social media influencer. Who's failed at OnlyFans. They're now using Hurricane Ian to try to redirect aid from those that need it the most to get it for themselves and for God knows what. So listen to this. This person tweeted, I hate to keep posting this. I feel so embarrassed. But good God, we are going to need it now more than ever. We are in the path of Hurricane Ian. Our home is built to withstand a major hurricane. And we are not a storm surge risk, but we need help. This is someone in the IWC that has been essentially panhandling for well over a decade at this point. Isn't that what we have welfare for? You fucking miserable bastard. Isn't that what we have welfare for? We already contribute enough of our hard-earned tax dollar to support people like you who refuse to work. So why the fuck are you trying to take even more? It's a hurricane for crying out loud. And you admit your home is safe, yet you're also not in the path that's going to get the worst of it. And you're still preying on these gullible simps in the IWC. I'm convinced there are people walking around that lack moral decency. I'm convinced when I see shit like this, it convinces me. And no, I'm not going to say her name. You can look it up. But I will say to that Skeletor-looking, bum-ass beggar who's trying to take advantage of the suffering of others, get your mop bucket, motherfucker. You and your shitbag, because it's cleanup time. It's a pattern, and a very weird one, frankly. A lot of these GoFundMe beggars are connected to Pink Dick himself, Sean Sapp. Remember earlier this year when one of Sapp's podcasters in the very boring Grab City podcast claimed his car was set on fire? The son of a gun had no car insurance. There was no police or fire report. There wasn't even a media article written about the incident. We're supposed to just sit back and believe people set cars on fire in California and no record of it is ever going to exist from official sources. The son of a gun had the audacity to set up a GoFundMe and set a goal of $15,000. My question is, what does a failed rapper and failed podcaster need a $15,000 vehicle for? What the fuck is going on here? Fightful has over 10,000 subscribers on Patreon. They're allegedly making over 50 grand a month doing that. Zap can't pay his buddies more? Pay him so they stop begging from people who are actually out there working hard and earning a living. It's a pattern, and someone should speak up about it, which is why I am. Let me know, folks, do you think it's acceptable Sap and his collection of merry beggars are fleecing people out of their hard-earned money with sob stories and wrestling rumor lies if that is, in fact, what they're doing? Email me at unleashed at com and let me know. You know, the truth is... Nose man Paul owes yours truly, Brad Shepard, a thank you. I've seen a lot of people commenting on Kevin Owens and complimenting him recently. They're so impressed with Owens getting himself into better shape, losing a lot of that fat that he's been carrying around over the past year plus. In what can only be described as a modern medical miracle, he went from nine months pregnant to six months pregnant. Well, in the words of the great philosopher Dwayne the Rock Johnson, what more can I say other than you're welcome? You're welcome, Kevin Owens, you less fat fuck. You're welcome, IWC, for helping your hero. You're welcome, WWE, for helping your contracted superstar. Because of me, Brad Shepard, that somewhat fat fuck Kevin Owens, appears to be getting his shit together and spending less time in the buffet line and more time in the gym. Now, I did that with some tough love. You're welcome. I'll tell you another thing that I'll take my rightful credit for. The super diva Quincy Elliott. I pointed out, I don't know what the fuck WWE is thinking with whatever the hell Quincy is. They, them, it, pronouns, pal. What I do know is before I said anything, this fat fuck was strutting around, slapping his Opponents with his big man tits and overall looking like a giant nightmare. Maybe the biggest ever to air on NXT TV. I called it out. And rightfully so. You, the Unleashed Army, agreed with me. Well, you're welcome, everyone. Because on NXT TV this week, Quincy Elliott. Yeah, there was no prancing. There was no slapping of man tits on opponents. They didn't even let out a he, she, they, them, whatever near the ring. That's right. Quincy was in a, a backstage skit. That's where he belongs. A backstage skit. Triple H, aka Paul Levesque, aka Noseman Paul, you owe Brad Shepard a check. For helping you manage your company. If I have to do your job. Then I should be properly compensated for it. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome. For the tides, the sun, the sky. Hey, it's okay, it's okay. You're welcome. I'm just an ordinary demigod guy. Hey. All right. And finally, it is time for the mailbag. So this listener links to a tweet from AEW's Anthony Bowens after he won the AEW Tag Team Championship with his tag team partner, Max Caster. In the tweet, Bowens refers to himself as the first gay AEW champion. And as this listener says, isn't Guyla Rose a female whom is dating another female? Bowens is one of those tranny-hating gays, confirmed. That's a good point. If we are to believe that Gyla Rose is, in fact, a woman and not Brandon Negrote who decided to uh, grow tits and uh, wear women's clothes, if we are to believe that, that he is a woman— and we are to believe that he likes women, then would that not make Guy La Rose a lesbian and therefore the first gay AEW champion? That's a great point. So maybe Anthony Bowens is the real bigot here. Is uh, Buccaneers versus Chiefs one of the biggest games of the season? They even got Beck to cover Old Man and Who do you think is going to win? Well, I did talk about this somewhat already. Uh, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. I hope the Buccaneers win. I just don't trust them on offense right now. I think their defense looks great. Uh, But unless they have their receivers healthy. Now, the Buccaneers, with a healthy team, I got them eight times out of ten against the Chiefs. Absolutely. Um, Especially in a home game. But the Chiefs here coming off a loss. The Bucks coming off a loss. You know, the Chiefs, again, you know, I, I think they still have an explosive offense. Patrick Mahomes had an off game. But uh, the Bucks offense has struggled. The, the weapons just need to get healthy. Mike Evans should be returning. Of course, he was suspended, which was total horseshit. The Buccaneers can absolutely win the game. I hope they do. But I can't bet on them until they're a little more healthy. The World Series is coming up. Who do you think is going to win it? Ugh, great question. I can't say that I have, you know, a completely solid idea at this point. You know, it, it's been a little back and forth. But I have to say right now, maybe the New York Yankees. And as a Boston Red Sox fan, a Boston sports fan, it pains me to say it, but Iron uh, Judd's killing it right now. and uh, They've got the momentum. So we'll see what happens. But right now, Right now, off the top of my head, New York Yankees. If the Washington Commanders change the name back to the Redskins, will it help the team? I don't think it's going to make them play any better, but certainly it would help them maybe uh, with the loyalty of their fan base because the fans, they like the Redskins. They had no issue with it being the Redskins. It was the people who don't watch their games that had a problem with it. So I think, you know, there's uh, some sort of goodwill there if they actually go back to being the Redskins. I hate the name. It's stupid. The entire thing is stupid. Wanting to change the Atlanta Braves name, that's the next thing. It's stupid, and we should resist it at every turn. All right, that's the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with a new episode next week, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed.